0: There is a story told of a man who lost a quarter. He searched every room of his house, but could not find it. He looked under every cushion in the couch, chairs, recliner. Nothing found. He looked under the furniture and beneath his mattress and his bed, but nothing was there. Next, he began to move the furniture, emptying one room at a time to look for the missing coin. Still missing the quarter, which, mind you, was an ordinary quarter worth exactly 25 cents. He moved every piece of furniture out onto his front lawn so that the house was empty, and he could surely see the missing coin without all that distraction. When that effort failed, he began to take the vents off the heating and air conditioning ducts in order to look inside them, and success still eluding him he removed the carpeting and floor covering one room at a time, next the floorboards, and eventually the drywall and the ceilings. Only after he was standing in an empty wooden framework of studs and joists, everything everything from the house in a pile on the front yard, did he realize that the quarter was in his front pocket. Maiden marimnate. Paul wrote to the Christians in Philippi. Maiden marimnate. don't get yourself into a knot, might be a good translation. In our second reading, it was translated, have no anxiety at all. Other translations of the Greek New Testament say, do not worry, or be not concerned, or do not be preoccupied. It's a reflexive verb, merimna'o, which grammatically means it's something we do to ourselves. Don't work yourself up into a lather. Don't drive yourself into a frenzy. Don't continuously mull over the things that cause worry. Worry. That word itself comes from an old English word, we're gone. Which means to strangle or to choke. And its earliest use in English 500 years ago described a pack of wolves attacking prey by latching on to the throat and cutting off its air supply. By using a reflexive verb, St. Paul suggests that we can do this to ourselves without benefit of a pack of wolves. He very forcefully tells us, don't work yourselves up about the troubles of this world to the point that you choke on your worry and can't breathe the fresh air of God's Spirit. The words that immediately precede the reading we heard today give us the reason. St. Paul says, the Lord is near. And by saying that, St. Paul seems to ask you do believe that, don't you? If you do, then act like you believe it. So here's the lesson. Don't tear yourself apart in anxiety when the Lord is as near to you as a coin in your front pocket. Or as St. Faustina wrote, God's mercy is closer to us than a mother's heart is to the child in her womb. Since the Lord is near, Saint Paul suggests a double antidote to the self-destructive path of constant worry. If you must worry, he says, do it pros ton theon, do it to God. Pros, that little adju- that little uh, preposition that says do it toward or to, also has, as it's in the root, is in the root of the word prosapon or face. So if you're going to worry, do it before the face of God. Take it to prayer instead of talking with everyone else about how bad things are in the world. In fact, if you're with others lamenting the troubles of the world, why not stop the negative talk right then and there and pray? Imagine the positive change that will bring to the people around you, if while everybody is complaining about the world, you say, yes, it is a bad place, let's pray about it right now. When you're not praying to God about the world's troubles, St. Paul suggests, "Tauta prasite. consider these things. He says, consider or contemplate or put your energies into positive, not negative things. St. Paul gives us a list of what our energies should go toward. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is anything excellent and if there is anything worthy of praise. So the question is really, where does your mind spend most of its time? Tearing yourself apart, worrying about the woes and troubles of the world, and there are certainly enough of them to strangle oneself in worry— or reinforcing hope and strength and virtue by focusing on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is anything excellent and if there is anything worthy of praise. St. Paul concludes this exhortation by urging us to put this into practice to go do something, no matter how small, to turn back the wolves that want to strangle us in worry. Go do something positive and stop gabbing about the negative. Go change the world for good instead of lamenting its evils. Go do something true, something honorable, something just, something pure, something lovely, something gracious, something excellent and something worthy of praise. Go be different from the troubled world that's tearing itself apart, looking for something that's already closer to secular-minded people than they can begin to imagine. We know that the Lord is near, closer to us than a mother's heart to the child in her womb. So let's act that way. Maiden Merimnate. Don't get yourself in a knot about the troubling things of this world that only tear and destroy. Instead, tauta prosite, put your energies into the things of God that build up and encourage. Listen again to the end of our second reading to learn why. St. Paul writes, Then the God of peace will be with you. Worried? Talk to the Lord. But don't add to the troubles by focusing on anything other than positive change. Be an instrument of God's grace, a vessel of his peace in this world.